Katie said to me the other day, she doesn't really understand what it's like for the women who complain about their husbands who always have football on the, in the background. <laughs> but she says that multiple times in the past week, she's been in a room alone with our son and either a computer or a screen in the background, and I'm not in the room, is playing the Root Winner Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I've never seen so much root on the, in this house before. <laughs> You're like, gosh darn it, Nick Nico GB. <laughs> Come Actually, on. I haven't I haven't been watching too intently, but I've been keeping it on in the background while I do stuff because I want to keep track of it as best I can. But I can't stay focused enough in it because I don't have the bandwidth right now to do that. But it is such a nice background thing to check in on and see the progress and see the crazy developments. Uh, it's been a really fun tournament so far. Oh, yeah. Also, I love hanging out in chat. I mean, yeah. the games are scheduled in a way where they're just happening all the time right now. Like, we are just being flooded with these winter tournament games. Uh, so uh, on the good side, it's like we have a bunch of content to go through. But on the on the flip side, it's hard to always be present in chat yeah. and stuff because, you know, there are still like work, three but... and four hour games. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. You can kind of pop in and out for sure. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just pop in, make a joke about how somebody should go for dominance and then leave. You know, that's kind of my <laughs> bit now in the winter tournament. <laughs> you try out about 10 or 10 or 12 jokes before one hits. Then you leave. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, on yeah. a high note. Also, I love being around for the gamble. I have lost thousands of Derek bucks <laughs> and I hate to tell you I bet against Kyle I did I bet against Kyle and I, I, pay, I paid the price I paid the price for it what kind of friend I, I well I guess reasonable I, amount of faith I wanted Kyle to win but I yeah. wanted my Garrick bucks to be in the most likely pool <laughs> good that's logical I bet on you Sam during your game even though it was <laughs> Well, oh, very wow. hopeless. Wow, okay. Wow. All right. The true okay. colors come out. Kyle's a better friend. <laughs> that being said, the Garrick Buck economy is booming right now, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, isn't there a ton of inflation? I guess there would be a ton of inflation, but with the all the bucks that people keep losing to the house, I feel like it's keeping the uh, keeping the That's numbers true. up. Yeah. It's highly in demand. Um, if you've got extra Garrick bucks out there and you want to donate them, uh, just hit us up on the Woodland War Machine channel of the Good Time Society Discord. I don't You're just know. panhandling for digital <laughs> currency now? In a I way that it. they actually can't give us the digital currency? If they come to the Discord... I guess there's no way to transfer it, right? <laughs> no, no, it is not on the public exchange, Kyle. They're channel points. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll be right back. I have to call my um, investment advisor. <laughs> Sir, you can't pay with tea. Get out of our store. I think these three gold coins will be enough. I mean, technically, yes, they're enough, but we can't take this, sir. I think you'll find that they're worth three points. Just take it. He has a sword. <laughs> Let's let's actually start with the winter tournament since we're in it, right? Let's let's get into the games. Well, this sounds oh, yeah. like a bit of root news. Did Kyle do the noise? I did. It was a little far away. All right, sorry. Root news. 
getting cut off. No, you're like your gate is cutting you off on our end. So he's just going root news, and we see your mouth moving, but we hear nothing. Yeah, it's like it's the positive reinforcement I need when I do the root news. The thing is, I'm so familiar with it. I still heard it, even though I think I summoned the noise. You know, in my neurons a little. Yeah, you all know what it sounds like. Yeah, this is Zoom cutting me off. Yeah, I think I'm not going to put it in, and people will just assume it correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's you like, all just heard that in your brain, not in your ears. Yeah, it's like one of those like things where you like you stare at it for like 30 seconds, you know, and then you like move over to the thing. You can still see it's the circle. Still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about some winter tournament recaps. All right, so we, like uh, Sam mentioned, there is wall to wall winter tournament going on right now. So we've had a ton of games uh in the past week or so starting with game eight on the winter map uh get ready folks for a trend of winter map it turns Mm. out that for tournament play people seem to be really favoring the grindy sort of equally oppressive nature of the winter map uh but this game was pretty notable because we got a cat's victory congrats to insolent noisemaker nice (laughs) this was by no means uh, a sure thing. And I think this is the first um, great currency crisis of Garrick Bucks because I think no one made any. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was just awesome. many thousands just down the drain. Uh, <laughs> so in in the, the games to come, we obviously have a chance to make back some of those bucks. But game nine took place on the mountain map. And congrats are due to Over the Morrow for a Lord of the Hundreds victory. Lord of the Hundreds having a great tournament so far. They were an underdog in that game, as I recall. I think I tuned in for a little bit of that, and it was a real, everybody got real close to, like, 27 all of a sudden, and then the game took another hour or something. Oh, yeah. This one was a traffic jam at the end, and um, (laughs) I I feel like a lot of these tournament games, it's like the kind of general skill level of root players has just increased... Oh, yeah. Like, you can really feel how much better everyone is at the game because we're getting all these games that go right down to the wire. It's anyone's game. The whole table works together to just stop someone at the finish line. Yeah. (laughs) We're just like, I'm dealing with the aftermath. Who can cross it first? Who can drag themselves to the finish? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was a this was a near five hour game, as I think. I think that that's what the runtime is. It's Uh, bananas. Yeah. 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 And. Really good play kind of caused this game to go long, which which is exciting. All right, game 10 we had back on the winter map. And this one was a duchy victory by player Argent Burns Red, which I believe is a Twilight Imperium joke. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and with that kind of handle, I would have expected them to take either the Woodland Alliance or Lord of the Hundreds, but they took the duchy. It turned out to be a great move. They won on the winter map. Congrats. Uh, game 11, we uh, meandered over to the lake map for a nice little vacation. And uh, <laughs> this game actually was pretty fun. This was a lizard's victory. Congrats to Boo Human. Great nice. job. <laughs> nice. That's a great name, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think this one was a little bit of a um, unexpected turn of events as well for the lizards. So go, go check this game out. This one was the- fun. One of the rare vagabonds got played, like Adventurer or something. I think it was one, right? um, Arbiter, maybe, for this one. Okay. I'm trying to remember exactly. It's I don't have it written down. But yeah, you're it, right. It, it was, was Oh, it was Adventurer. Yes. It was Adventurer? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Badgers as well. There was It was very close. I'm pretty sure both Adventurers and Badgers were like 28-29. Whoa. And then 
lizards managed to get it done. Oof. That's great. Crazy Absolutely. game. That's that one's worth checking it out, I think. Absolutely brutal. Um really fun though. Okay, back to the matches here. We have game 12 on the winter map. Uh congrats to Moss for I think this was the first eerie victory of the tournament. Uh, uh Eerie's getting a lot of play. Like I feel like Eerie's in a ton of games. Yeah, everyone thinks they're like, okay, I got this. I've played the <laughs> birds before. I do it every time and I lose. Um <laughs> I, the Eerie is just such a tempting because you're like, oh, but if if I can play it right, no one will be able to do anything about it. It is yeah, but yeah. It's funny because they're like, well, that, it's so tricky. It's like it feels both reliable and very unreliable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's always a risk for sure. Um, for being such a strong faction, they can be incredibly fragile. Mm-hmm. Especially with good players, right? Like, Yeah, with players who are heads up about it. Yeah. Oof. Also, winter map is happening a lot, I feel like. I feel like almost half the time and that is a little less move options for them sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the mobility can be an issue. Well, we're going to talk about that a little more when we get to um, uh, the game I played in this week, Game 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, we're going to continue with our winter map theme for Game 13. This was a duchy victory. Congrats to Bernie for pulling it out with the duchy. The duchy seems to be like uh, one of the top faction choices in this winter tournament, much like it was in last year's winter tournament. Yeah. And particularly on winter map, it seems like the duchy is having just like a string of successes. So maybe they're, are they the kingpin to topple right now? Do you think? I I've felt that way since last winter tournament that, well, just because moles can get out of control and the winter map uh, doesn't restrict them as much, right? They want a couple clearings and they can pop up anywhere into a new clearing through dig. So those kind of movement restrictions aren't as big of a deal, maybe. Yeah. So maybe a faction to really watch out for if we're uh, on winter map because the, the duchy can take advantage of the kind of relative isolation of mm-hmm. kind of the corner areas of this map. Game 13, just as a like on a nutshell, too, has I think some of the most meeples I've seen out between just two factions ever. Uh, especially towards the end game. Like, the cats have, I think, all their meeples out, and the moles have most of them out. Whoa. On the board. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I'm, like, really loving um, these, like, red faction beatdown games. Uh, yeah. Just to yeah. quickly flash back to game nine uh, on Mountain Map, or maybe it was game 10 on Winter Map. Yeah, it was game 10. Um, I I think there was, like, a record or something of, like, number of meeples lost in battles in that game. It was, <laughs> really? like... Just an insane number of battles going on. It was three red factions, so it was you know everyone's keeping each other in check and going around, kind of taking their forces off the board. Yeah, just really brutal. I, I keep saying meeples, they're warriors. Uh, if anybody doesn't speak English, doesn't know what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the faction. There are warriors. a few ESL folks that listen. So, and just while we're on it, game ten. Um, this reached a state that Cole Worley has mentioned in his various interviews about Root very early on, which is in a game played between uh, four very skilled players, you sometimes reach this endgame situation where there's very few um, warriors left on the map, a very mm-hmm. f- small footprint for each faction. Because there's been so much kind of combat and chaos, it's left this sort of burned out shell of the woodland for everyone to fight for the scraps over. Those are and good games. Yeah, the game 10 is very much that kind of situation where you have this like post-apocalypse landscape that then these factions have to try and like crawl over the finish line. So fun. Game 14, 
On Winter Map, continuing the theme, we had a victory for the Lord of the Hundreds. Congrats to Francis, long-time good community player. member. Yeah. And absolutely fantastic strategist. Um, this is also a great game, and maybe Lord of the Hundreds is kind of coming in behind the duchy as a um, top contender at this year's tournament. Francis is pretty familiar with Lord of the Hundreds, as I recall, yeah. and also... They- <laughs> They're quite the table talker. They tend to get involved in most discussions and put not only like a fair amount of reason into the conversation, but also doubt for people. <laughs> it's you guys should watch that back if you want to know about clever maneuvering of of people's needs. Um, he's a good salesman in that way, mm-hmm. able to kind of frame the 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 game and the yeah. board state. Well, and uh, that was a game with otters too. So there was a lot of negotiating and I don't think the otters have been played much in the tournament. Like I don't I haven't seen them very no, often. No, it's been and... quite rare. It's almost like yeah. um Keepers and Iron. It's been sort of an oddity to have the river folk yeah, in the game. Yeah, the, the yeah, the badgers haven't gotten if, I think the badgers simply weren't pulled into the draft very often. It was just a random chance thing. I remember um, a couple but... of games where they were unchosen as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, but Otters definitely ramped up the level of table talk, and I don't know if that's exactly what won Francis the game, but I recall it having a an effect for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely matters in these games, as again, as we'll get to in a moment. All right, but game 15, <laughs> we moved back to the Autumn map. It's been a while since we've seen the Autumn map, uh, but this one was a Woodland Alliance victory by Levi. Congrats to Levi. And additional shouts to Batmaster. What up, Batmaster? Uh, Batmaster's... An awesome Root player. We've played Root in real life before uh, in Brooklyn, which has been rad. Also, Batmaster is famous for creating the overlay for the Winter Tournament, the kind of visual uh, look of the stream this year. Oh, and it's so good. These are the most watchable Root games of all time. Yeah, Garrick has really nailed <laughs> I mean, the like TTS camera work. Mm-hmm. And um, having the overlay... like. Is, it's great for chat because it answers the question of like what was the unchosen faction which is like probably the top <laughs> comment you get in the chat <laughs> also i don't know how we've been playing this game for years and didn't have these clearing numbers out here very helpful, yeah. very helpful. now right? we'll talk about the kind of end of the community game but the community game you needed to have these clearing numbers so that you could even just talk about the game in the abstract but it's just so nice to be like all right i battle in 10 you know instead of like in this like fox clearing here, you know, where we're both at in the middle there, you know, that's how we used to have to talk. You yeah. use the tab button a lot to. Uh, oh yeah, boink boink boink. Boink little arrows everywhere. <laughs> I barely had to use the arrow function. I was just yeah. able to do it all through words, which is great. All right, moving on to game sixteen. It took place on the lake map. I love when we go to the lake map. <laughs> this one was shockingly a Woodland Alliance victory. Congrats lake to map. Cryo. Yeah, very surprising. The Woodland Alliance traditionally struggles um, to stay competitive on the lake map. But in this game, they were able to uh, break free and, um, you know, get, get their presence around to multiple areas in the map. And that's sometimes all you need. Just need an option. So congrats, Cryo. Well played. Nice. Game 17 again on the lake map. And here we go. We start the eerie victory parade. This one was a bird's win for Pliskin, uh, who's a longtime root community member and a fantastic player. Uh, so congrats, Pliskin. It's never easy to win on the lake map. I feel like no matter what faction no. you are, it's always like a crazy amount of luck and circumstance and positioning. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then we go to game 18, which I played in. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, and you cooked during. 
turns out. <laughs> I did, yeah. You yeah, did yeah, prepare I had... a borscht, was it? A bisque. <laughs> okay. It was sort of, sort of in bisque world, but... Uh, Kyle, it... I've never seen this happen. There's a, a competitive root game going on, and Kyle goes, sorry, I'm going to step away for a bit. I've got to stir some soup. And... <laughs> <laughs> chat went crazy with the soup stuff <laughs> but also the other players literally were like great well Waterman's away <laughs> and how do we take yeah him? how do we take him down and yeah. they they had a whole discussion hilariously um, i came back after like maybe 15 seconds it doesn't take long to stir soup i heard basically the whole discussion i, I imagine <laughs> that that was the case and like when it lulled out you're like i'm back you know you're on stream you know you know that people could be listening so it was fun it was fun though no so during that moment um i actually was waiting for them to reach the point in at the discussion where they've gotten past the direct ways that they could stop me and they started talking about okay well once we stop the eerie like what does that mean for like the lizards and that question was like in the air, and I was like, "Hey, everyone, I'm back." <laughs> I just wanted to like leave everyone with that taste in their mouth of yes. like, "Ah, oh, yes. no, I can't. I don't want to be too direct because then that helps my opponent win." <laughs> Great timing. Yeah. So, um, this game was super fun. Um, we were on the winter map, so kind of following the theme of the year, and uh, the faction mix was. It ended up being pretty great. Um, we did pull the keepers in iron. Uh, which I had a great hand for. Mm-hmm. But it was fourth in turn order, and it was the winter map, and the rest mm-hmm. of the factions were Eerie, Woodland Alliance, Vagabond, and Lizards. And I thought as the keepers, it would sort of end up falling to me to police the birds eventually. Mm-hmm. And I just thought with like the Woodland Alliance and the Lizards, that movement was going to be very painful. Annoying, mm-hmm. yeah. And I thought as like f- fourth in turn order... I was probably going to get camped by the Woodland Alliance on turn one because I have to like move to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would get stuck on one half of the board because of the lizards. It was just, it seemed terrible. You, you'd compete with everyone for rule to delve too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because Eerie and lizards specialize in that. So it, it seemed to me that the more reasonable option, the most, the most flexible option was to pick Eerie. Just because no matter what, there's probably going to be some way for me to navigate or respond at least to what's going on. Yeah. And I had a hand I could uh, do God of War with, and I thought, okay, let's do it. So the the faction mix ended up being Eerie, Within Alliance, Lizards, and Vagabond. And uh, the. It was Thief, right? It was the Thief, yeah. There's been a lot of Thief this tournament so far. The Thief is probably among the best Vagabonds, I think, as we've yeah. claimed in the past. Oh, yeah. It's, I would. I'd probably S-tier. take Thief in a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with Despot Infamy, I would take Thief. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you. the options are wide open. You get a really, really healthy start mm-hmm. to basically every game, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, the Thief is a very, very easy way to, to get into the game, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think this game really came down to uh, keeping the decree intact for the entire game. And being able to battle the uh, Alliance Sympathy Tokens early on for those, like, little guac points. Here's the thing, Kyle. There, you had a bunny battle that was <laughs> way precarious. I don't know if you know this. Have you seen this? Have you seen um, this thing? Have you heard about uh, so, this? So, yes. I, I realized how precarious the bunny battle was. I guess I just 
totally missed that once I cleared the lizards out of their bunny clearing, that there was no backup other really, for that. Yeah, yeah, there were yeah. no pieces. But the the other players at the table did not seem to notice. You had a lot in your decree. <laughs> yeah. So it yeah, was yeah, yeah, like, yeah. which one of these cards is the one that you can topple? But, you know, chat's think, always seeing everything. So No, that they yeah. are omnipotent for sure. <laughs> exactly. um, I, I did notice it, and I noticed it, I think, as soon as I moved south over to like battle the lizards i realized yeah. that this was going to be probably it mm-hmm. and i started planning for my uh my swap into like commander or whatever <laughs> yeah 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 and then the lizards put a dude there mm-hmm. yep and i was like oh i get another turn great and then what i realized was eventually that if i abandoned the clearing in the north next to the woodland alliance that in order for them to stay competitive they had to spread there yeah basically and even if it was guarded by an alliance player, uh, warrior, I was like, fine, that's perfect. You can send one dude and they can absorb battles there forever. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I got through the one round where they really could have done it. Yeah. I think there were <laughs> and, two. There were two rounds where. But yeah, I yeah. expected the, the alliance to spread because they needed to stay in the game, but they didn't. They did and then not, I was like, oh, yeah. this is it. I, yeah. I guess I'm done now. <laughs> it was but interesting. The they, they had like 11 supporters or something. Yeah, they yeah. stacked it up big yeah. time. It was looking scary. Yeah, and at a certain point, too, well, throughout the game, kind of, I kept highlighting <laughs> the Woodland Alliance is this big threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned 11 supporters multiple times. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, I kept mentioning, like, the number of points that they could potentially score. You yeah, were like, they're going to craft everything. <laughs> I was like, look look at the clearings they have. They're going to be able to craft a bunch. Yeah, but I, I think really what it came down to was that last turn. Oh, my God. That last turn, I was so hungry. <laughs> I had that soup. <laughs> the soup smell was right it there, was so, distracting me. It smelled me. so good. Uh, but basically, I like spent everyone else's turn writing down my like winning plan. Yeah. And I just totally overlooked i like didn't check back in with the board state that the lizards had recruited one dude in a clearing yeah and i could have just gone there or i could have done like a million other things but i decided to initiate a battle in the one clearing that could turmoil me with a just a 25 percent chance that i would like live to see another day it win the game it was so funny because we're like ah yeah like everyone's already talking about how it was a good game you know while you're taking your final turn. It's over. Yep. He's Waterman. He's got it. And when you said you were initiating a battle in that mouse clearing, Garrick, like, his heart dropped. He, w- It was just like, wait, what? Garrick physically <laughs> slammed on the brakes and he wasn't in a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was. And luckily the dice worked out just fine. But yeah, it, it was, was definitely dice luck. That was it. <laughs> it was close. It was close. Very close. But you, know my- you need luck. You need luck to win the game of Root. You just do. I, I got a little lucky at a few kind of key moments in that game. That was one of them. I, but the the thing was, is it's like, it's late in a root game. I like yeah. had come home from work, put some soup on and then just like hopped into the game like right away. So I had like zero downtime and was just like fuzzy brain at the end. And that's kind of the time you have to be the sharpest. And yeah. so I definitely almost threw. <laughs> Being nutrient deficient really makes a difference, I feel. And I thought it was going to be this weird thing because I you played with Friend. Friend, a great root player. And Friend yes. was in one of my games uh, where I think, I can't remember if it was Friend or somebody else in that game who just took their last turn too fast and didn't 
kind of realized what was going on and then they didn't get to 30. Like they were kind of wrapping it up too fast or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, did that just happen to Kyle? You know, yeah. but luckily you did it. You got the luck you needed, but also you played a, a great God of War game, did what you had to do and, uh, you know, steered the conversation when you needed to steer it. It was, it was a good game. That is a specialty of yours, Kyle. I think you, you talk when you should. Like, you tend not to talk too much. You really reserve it. And that actually, that punctuates your effectiveness, I feel. Yeah, I think that actually helped me a lot in that game. Just because, especially with the, like, whole rabbit battle thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I knew that that was the way to turmoil me. But I I just never mentioned anything about rabbit suits or anything like that. I just wanted to, like... I never said big ears or uh, wiggling noses. I didn't mention how many carrots I put in my soup. But chat noticed that because of that, Kyle, you really, Waterman won the game through Waterman's law of not pointing out the way that you could Actually, have been it's defeated. True. It's totally true. Yeah, I just shut up about it. That was, my, that was my strategy. I mean, that's like not a good plan to like hope that your opponents don't notice something. But no. like in any game of Root, there is so much going on yeah. and there's so much to keep track of, so many mm-hmm. individual components to like think through that I kept just like, trying to throw the spotlight on like other crunchy nonsense to like think about where it's just like, okay, well like what's the outcast going to be like, or like, you know, how many points could the Woodland Alliance score and just make everyone do the number crunching in their own heads. Mm -hmm. I just like claim a number and then everyone else has to like verify if that's true. (laughs) And then meanwhile, they're not looking at the decree. So (laughs) just sending them arithmetic question. It's propaganda. Well, yeah, it was, it was tough. So, I think what really ended up doing the trick for me in that game was positioning Um, because it really was kind of two and a half insurgent factions against one military faction. Mm -hmm. And in that kind of mix, it's just important for the Eerie to like put a lot of pressure on the board. Yeah. And I thought that I got to a place where the lizards had to make, were eventually forced to decide which clearing they truly wanted to protect whether it was in the south choke point or the north choke choke point. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do both. They just didn't have enough cards. They didn't have enough time to deal with both threats. And so they went for the north clearing, that fox corner. They bulked it up. And that meant that I was free to just, like, you know, flood in from the south side. And uh, I, had, I had been thinking about ways to kind of put pressure on the board throughout that game. And I thought that because I was able to, that was really what got me enough tempo enough you know actions and stuff to actually win the game (laughs) yeah yeah and you do a lot of like tiny little battles you were conserving your birds as much as possible it was yeah it was very well to the vagabond a few times got to yeah yeah it was it was a fun game it's a great game and just you know shouts to uh luke who i've played against in winter tournaments past uh first round of last winter tournament if i'm remembering right um and I think uh, this this one was a little bit of like, you know, I won this game, but, you know, Luke totally kicked my butt the last time we faced off. So, yeah, great player. And uh, and Zeke, never played against Zeke before, but what a what a fun group of individuals to, to play with. That was It was awesome. Absolutely. How was the soup? <laughs> oh, my God. It was delicious. It was very tasty. I bet the wind helped. I was exhausted, and I, I just sat and ate the soup it was so good it's so good i sent a picture there's a picture on our discord come check out <laughs> and that's why you got to join the good time society discord on the woodland war machine channel you can see a picture of kyle's soup 
I actually did repost it in Woodland Warriors because it was such a thing. But um, maybe I shouldn't have. Okay. Well, that wasn't the only games that happened recently. In fact, Oof. a couple weeks ago, we forgot to mention that the community game of Root has concluded. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> uh, it I love was this. a fantastic game, um, just to kind of jog everyone's memory. Uh, I was on Team Badgers. Uh, Jake, you were on Team... Crows. Crows. And then, Kyle, you were on Team Birds. And, of course, there was the... Um, Lizards team who didn't have a podcast host as far as I'm aware <laughs> um, but the last time we talked about this I said you know what the Badgers are going to have something to say before this game is over and Kyle you said my game is over right but that, you just say that basically every game so I said that didn't... like I think it was like round two or something of this game. Where I was just like, well, that's our game. We're done for. I've heard you say it earlier, and I'm not joking. Um, <laughs> but it turns out that Kyle's before game... Before my first turn. <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> it turns out that Kyle's game wasn't over, and the Birds team did take home the victory. Yeah. Uh, and the Badgers team dwindled down until we actually made the lore of how the Arbiter became who they were. Because we were down to just one badger that was ready to <laughs> battle a ton. And we're like, all right, well, that is the Arbiter now. The Arbiter has nice. been born. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, in a way, both Kyle and I lied. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have to say, for this community game, it was a crazy experiment that went really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Um, and just the team, the, the Eerie Dynasties team was like, oh, my God, it was a dream. It was a dream team. We had um, Greg Gula, who was like one of the, the team yeah. captains who did an incredible job. We had uh, Bot Bot on the on the squad, who was doing amazing. Francis was on our team, of course. I don't even have time to name every single individual on this team, but there was like a billion players who really helped out. Moss was great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Go Birds. <laughs> Go Birds. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a big a lot of birds wins for you lately. Is that your new favorite faction, Kyle? I would I would say it's not my favorite faction. In fact, I'm going through a big Lord of the Hundreds like <laughs> okay. fan crush kind of phase right now. <laughs> I like really love that faction. Every time somebody plays it in the tournament, I get really excited and I'm just like, what's your opening? Like <laughs> <laughs> I am playing Lord of the Hundreds at every chance I get because it's still the one faction I haven't won with, even in a casual Ooh. game. <laughs> I still haven't found my Lord of Hundreds victory. I've gotten to like 28. I don't know. I don't know. I keep playing five player games though, and Lord of Hundreds is definitely worse than five player. Yeah, so. oppression is is not nigh. Yeah. If you miss the community plays root game and you're sad about it, don't worry because the whole archive is actually available for you to like comb through. In fact, they made the hidden chats public. Oh, and I'm in trouble because I said some mean things. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no. no <I> <laughs> I don't know what Israel and the Palestine had to do with this game, but you had so many paragraphs. Oh my gosh! Well, I just <laughs> Crazy. yeah, I, yeah. I'm here to cause controversy. <laughs> That's my role. <laughs> you can uh, find a link to the Community Plays Root Discord, and you can look through uh, all of the back and forth. And there's a whole command center channel where you can see every turn of the game and the updates as they happened. Uh, super fun, and I know they will be doing it again in the future. So we'll notify you when that happens. Yes, please, please be a part of this. It is a crazy 
chaotic, super fun and joyful experience for the community. Love it. And uh, big shouts to Banzai and PJ Darkar. If you have a great idea for a way to like get the community to play Root together in some unconventional way, tap yourself on the head with the magic wand. You can do it. Um, Let us know. We would love to participate. Speaking of, I am prepared to tell you that the Woodland War Machine podcast in concert with Good Time Society has a very (laughs) special announcement that I cannot tell you about quite yet. But there is an announcement that is going to shatter your brains, all right? Uh, Also, um, save those flight vouchers. Save all your flight vouchers. And remember, 40,000 Garrick bucks equals 20,000 Southwest miles. All you have to do is join the Southwest Airlines Discord. Go ahead and verify your Twitch account there, and then you will be able to fly to Portland, Oregon sometime this summer. Ooh, Portland, Oregon. That sounds nice. Okay, um, here we go. Let's get into the episode proper. Hey, 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 welcome. It's Woodland War Machine. <laughs> Yes, finally, we're back to the brackets, getting into the trenches. Second half of Group C of this Hireling World Cup has brought us the Sunward Expedition, the Corvid Spies, and the Furious Protector. These are all the promoted sides of the Underworld Tireling Pack, and we're going to go through them, uh, talk about what, uh, who's it good for, who it counters. Y'all know how the tournament works, and then y'all will decide at the end, well, not at the end of the episode. At the end of the episode, we'll say you decide. Uh, but if you want to vote on who advances, you're going to have to join that Good Time Society Discord on that Woodland War Machine channel. <laughs> uh, we gave a, a rough ranking for the demoted side. I believe Raven Sentries got first, the gold, I should say. And then was it Stoic Protector afterward? Or what was it? Yeah, it was Stoic Protector no. second. I think Stoic Protector got bronze, right? Or did we leave it undecided? I can't believe we didn't write it down. <laughs> can't believe none of us can listen to the episode. Yeah, I truly don't remember. This one was pretty close. I did listen to the episode. And I've had several federal agents contact me about editing Jake, I will say. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the sentries won, and then it was Protector Second Artisans Third. But we went back and forth. There was a debate, for sure. Yeah, this one was close, no matter which way you slice it. Hey friends, Future Jake here. Apparently we have the memory of gerbils. But anyway, the Raven sentries did indeed get first. The Stoic Protector got second, and the Mole Artisans were third. Okay. Let's talk about this one, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into the Sunward Expedition. Yes. Jake? During setup, place a foothold token and three expedition warriors in any clearing. Then, once in daylight, first, place a foothold token and up to three expedition warriors in a clearing with no foothold. If no footholds are in a supply, remove one from the map in order to place it. Secondly, you may move and then you may battle or... Place a warrior at each foothold. I assume a foothold is essentially a tunnel? Yeah, it's a little yeah. token. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you get you get a little um a little strike force, right? Can pop up somewhere. Yeah. Basically any clearing that where you can place stuff. Right. And then may move and may battle as long as there's like enough warriors to pop up somewhere. 
it's essentially like a, a a dig in a battle kind of situation, right? Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, it's it's a useful little strike force. Um, I suppose you can battle with any of the expedition warriors that are on the board. You don't have to use the ones that just dug there, right? That's a great point. Yeah. So this is pretty flexible. Mm-hmm. Once it's fielded, it's kind of army. Uh, I watched Nitro Rev's uh, video on this particular hireling set, which if you all are interested in the hirelings, I would strongly recommend you checking out Nitro Rev's uh, root channel on YouTube. Uh, goes through all these things great. And Nitro said something really smart about these guys, which is like, this This is like a beginner hireling. This is like a very really? vanilla, straightforward, yeah. <laughs> no weird tricks here. It's just you like... You get warriors, they hit for you, you move on. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I think this takes care of like the, the very like bread and butter of root, right? Who is it good for? Well, it's the ones that want to battle and don't have access to it, right? Lizards, cats. Badgers, honestly, are it's good for just to have some extra rule. <laughs> you know, I just Definitely. move three guys there and then all of a sudden I rule a clearing. I don't even have to have badgers there and now I'm benefiting from that uh, recover or that delve. It seems like it'd be pretty good for badgers. What's pretty crazy about this hireling is that they can pop up anywhere much like dig it's like there's no rule situation it's just like where do you want an army to suddenly appear right they will appear there yeah you know and if you're gonna hold them for multiple turns you can use the second ability to reinforce them all around and then have options everywhere i know that's the less optimal option you want them to be moving in battle but like if they've been dwindled by somebody else because you have to remove them from the supply what's that line if no footholds are in the supply, remove one from the map in order to place it. Okay, so there'll always be a finite one, but people could, I guess, smack those out of existence? Or will they I, go back to the supply? They go back to the supply. Uh, okay, so never mind. I just feel like you would never place a warrior at each foothold. You wouldn't want to, right? What is the point of the second ability, then, of the ore? Because you would always plop another one down. My guess is if all the warriors are concentrated in two clearings and you got to place a foothold somewhere else. Right. Um, maybe you want to reinforce it over moving from one of those two clearings with a bunch of moles and battling. I don't know. I mean, if it's on top of like a Woodland Alliance base, then reinforcing would make some sense. But yeah, you're right. I think the moving and battling is like definitely more bang for the buck. How many warriors are in the uh, supply for these guys? Great question. There are three foothold tokens and eight warriors, which makes it the most outside of the cats for the hirelings. What a weird number, though, because eight is just one shy of three groups of three. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is interesting. Because it says up to three expedition warriors. So if only it's only if they're in the supply to do so. Right. Uh, I guess the assumption is that you're moving and battling. One of those is probably going back to the supply. So yeah. if you're consistently moving and battling, you should be able to play as a foothold and three warriors somewhere. Most of the time. Yeah, I think it's like, it's effective. It's consistent. We talked about in the earlier episode about how that some of the powers were like really good in certain circumstances, but the Sunward Expedition is just like, it's always pretty good. Yeah. I don't think it's going to really win you the game, but it is going to just give you a boon in the game. Big time. And the, the fact that you can target this hireling at, whatever point on the board you feel like going to and dealing some damage means that if a vagabond is about to win the game, you can just pop up in their clearing and hit them. Uh, if there's a Corvid conspiracy plot that has one single Corvid defender, 
you can send these guys in to go and deal with that problem. Um, yeah, it just feels like it's a nice kind of surgical strike force kind of solution to if you're if you're having problems on the board. Yeah, th- yeah, this is a great great hireling. The closest one that it reminds me of is kind of the eerie one, the last dynasty. Yes, yeah, the bullies. Though the last dynasty has like some firepower to it, where it will come yeah. in and wreck shop. Whereas these guys aren't going to wreck shop, but they will keep things at bay. Right, and, and yeah, they're yeah, more yeah. flexible about where they get to go. So totally. I mean, they're they're kind of consistently doing one important battle per turn. It feels right. like. Um, whereas the Yuri Dynasty's hireling is the last dynasty. Is is like a I call it a cannonball. It's like a wrecking ball. You know, it yeah. shows up and it just bashes around in whatever area, immediate area it's in. Yeah. Um, whereas these guys can pop up anywhere. I, I don't know. I, I like the Sunward Expedition. I think it's a good, a good hireling. Awesome. Well, then who does this help counter? Um, I th- would say that, aside from the examples that I've given, that this also helps to counter the Eerie Dynasties, mm-hmm. uh, specifically for, you know... Um, Taking advantage of those suited recruits, you know, you can knock out a roost in the back line pretty easily, or at least weaken mm-hmm. it yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. For the keepers in iron, I would say that this could be quite a nuisance. Uh, yeah. They really need those badgers to stay alive. Yeah. And this could do one of two things. It could contribute to stopping the badgers from moving through, kind of a, mm-hmm. a rule situation. It could take out or weaken a badger clearing that has some cardboard, some delicious cardboard in it. And yeah, you know, you won't, you won't get the points for taking out their cardboard, but taking out a way station can be the right move in in some circumstances. And this would help you to do that. Yeah. Uh, It it feels like any faction that needs to like go take a clearing. This is, this is a really good counter to, because you can get there first. Right. Even if you're not battling them once they're there, just like putting three warriors in a token there is like, ugh. okay, so now I have to bring four guys there, you know, yeah. um, and if you're like the eerie, you're like, oh, I have to battle them, you know? Yeah, it's um, it's a good way to throw off the uh, factions that have to do a lot of calculating to like get to where they need to go. If you can see where they're going, the Sunward Expedition can be a really good thwart to their plan. It can show up first. Mm-hmm. The Vagabond is, is easy to counter with the Sunward Expedition too because they're not going to get any points for taking this faction out. Yep. Uh, and then lastly, of course, this counters the rats. <laughs> yeah. Like every hireling. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's just more pieces, but like, yeah, they can go to the rats like most sensitive clearing and just like... And they get to move and then may battle. So you can oh, just pop up three right. moles in one little clearing and then move two of them out. Ugh. And that's just... Yeah, then they gotta deal with both of those. This is gonna be super annoying. <laughs> those solo rats are gonna have a terrible time with I this remember faction. when the Warlord was like first... You know, we were first seeing it, and I was like, oh, no. Like, did they go too far? Like, they made a <laughs> faction that fights too much, you know? And now I'm like, you poor rats. It must if be so hard to control more. everything. Like, <laughs> that's so brutal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So should we rush for this, Hireling? I'm of the opinion that it's not worth rushing for. I mean, probably not. Probably not. Although those early battles could be... 
really three helpful. warriors is is three hits potentially three i don't know i mean it could be enough to throw off your opponent's engine yeah you can really you can really throw a wrench a wrench in the engine pretty quick and then if you're uh, presumably you're in the lead if you if you're rushing right so or at least you force some uncomfortable decisions oh mm-hmm. yeah like if somebody's going double build eerie or something like this is a this is like sorry you don't get to do your plan you know <laughs> for real um, yeah, if anyone's trying something cute in the early game, dividends, something like this, mm-hmm. you can really make them pay for it. This uh, this is a good for it. tool to punish uh, a greed strategy for sure. Um, the double sawmill cats or anything mm-hmm. like that, where it's like, oh, this person's already starting with like kind of a racing move. Uh, yeah, you could make them pay for that for sure. Totally. Uh, so yeah, circumstantially, maybe you should rush for it, but it's hard. You know, it's because it's just such a good old cheeseburger of a hireling <laughs> that it feels hard to be like you should throw your whole game off for it but if the circumstances arise it might it might be the right move yeah if you're the lizards and you're in a low reach kind of environment yeah. and you're kind of you know the factions aren't able to really check each other for a while in the game this could tip the balance this yeah. could be a nice way to give yeah, yourself a leg up just be the lizards and score four points on your first turn just do it <laughs> That's, that's easy. Are you letting its simplicity like degrade itself in your eyes, Sam? I don't know. Something about it just being one battle, which like it's a free battle. I should be stoked about this, but I don't know. It just when you see the other hirelings that do yes. battle, you yeah, know, we're all excited about the combos that can come from the other things because they also have situational factors to them. But I think you are ignoring the fact that they can teleport anywhere, right? They can appear in anything. It's pretty powerful. It's nice. I mean, this this definitely goes a little beyond chip damage. I would say this yeah. d- this does put it into your, uh, last dynasty territory for me because the dice can only roll up to a three, and you'll probably have three warriors, so they can they can do one yeah. potentially max hit on an opponent. And if you got to just pick a place to like deal some damage each round for free, I mean, that, I feel like that would tip the scales pre- pretty decently. Well, and last dynasty, if as if I recall correctly, can be whittled down, right? They don't they don't reappear until they're wiped out, right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. These guys just keep reappearing in numbers of up to three, depending on what's in the supply. Yeah, and even still, you're moving and battling with them as they exist. And a move in battle is great. Like that's gonna hit somewhere useful, like ninety percent of the time, right? Well, Kyle's point of also like leaving a mole to be disruptive elsewhere, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> is mostly oppression centric, but also just like th- that could be situational for what is needed to like deny rule somewhere else for somebody who had something clinched previously. Yeah, Woodland Alliance trying to like mm-hmm. move and organize could mm-hmm. get tripped off by a couple warriors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't for take sure. much with these low number games. Yeah, so. yeah, and three warriors could be a martial law consideration for the alliance. You know. Ooh. That's a good point. That it is a free martial law. Yeah. That might be a counter. Yeah. See, Sam, like I, I, I actually agree with you. I think it is feels a little cheeseburgery, a little standard. But yeah. like, I'm trying to find the brightness in this. I think definitely it's 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 not even mobility. It's just ability to be somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> is is such a heavy weight. And I mean, All don't right. get me wrong. I like cheeseburgers. Yes, me yeah, too. I do. But this feels like the plain hamburger. This is even like yeah. A you're right. You're right, Kyle. It is a hamburger. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With not a lot of toppings, you know. Dollar seventy nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So card interactions. Uh obviously we got false orders because Ooh, we can juicy. move people out and then get that sweet, sweet hit on in yeah. the back line here. 
Yeah, that's that's mega. That's good. Then coffin makers, right? Of course. We're going to see a theme with these hirelings and how they remove warriors. You know, you can add up stuff in the coffins pretty easy. Yeah, it definitely interacts a lot with these like kind of battle-centric cards. I would even throw maybe like uh, Eerie Emigre into the mix a little bit. Ooh, two free move in battles, yeah. Yeah, it's just like an extra oppression on the board. You know, depending on what your needs are, you can use this to deal damage elsewhere, etc. Cover yeah. your own pieces, make more progress. If you think of you were the cats and had Eerie Emigre and Sunward Expedition, granted, you would never craft <laughs> Eerie Emigre as cats, Two foxes is pretty difficult. Though, fox crafting cats is in right now. I don't know if y'all have seen. Dominance oh, wins yeah. are happening, and you put that crafter in <laughs> fox now. That's like, I don't even know this game anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the one fox craft crafting power is yes, very, yeah. very handy for the cats, right? False orders especially is a good craft for them. That's the power of that one card that it might change where you put that first workshop as cats, right? Okay. Fox Partisans, you know? Yeah, Fox Partisans is good. Special teams. I have none. It doesn't seem like it's very special. It just seems like it's pretty good. Does anyone have anything? Yeah, add cheese and lettuce. <laughs> All right. Live a little. <laughs> All right, we're going to give this one a... I wrote a meh out of a shrug. Um, Out of how, how many possible shrugs? Um, well, I see, Jake, you've written here 179 in Garrick coins. That's true. $1.79 <laughs> in Garrick coins. It's a hamburger worth of Garrick coins. <laughs> or 179 miles in Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to get you to Portland, baby. <laughs> Are there seriously no special teams we can think of just before we move on? I guess not. It's too cheeseburgery. It's The thing is, is, because we can't use crafted items, we come across this in the the promoted side of the hirelings a lot because we can't use our crafted cards to interact with their warriors or anything. Right, right, right. Um, this, so the yeah. combo with the crafted improvements is, I think, actually less uh, and in even the with promoted hirelings. Sure. And there's really no special teams with like certain faction abilities, I guess, right? I mean, instant martial law was kind of like the most exciting <laughs> thing we came up with, right? Well, instant also appearing where sympathy is without having to move into it, right? So you don't trigger you outrage. You place, right? You place. You would and rattle then, it and give them a card, but... Yeah, if outrage gets triggered, uh, the player controlling the hirelings would pay the card. It's weird stuff. I That's believe. in weird stuff, yeah. It's in yes. weird stuff, yeah. Um, also, you could use these guys to move on the ferry and draw a card. Also weird stuff. <laughs> okay, I guess that's a little bit of a special teams. Yeah. Yeah, we almost we tried. But that's the same special sauce you can put on every hireling. You know what I mean? Any hireling that moves, at least. Uh, okay, let's get to our next contender. Corvid right. Spies, Jake. Yeah. Corvid Spies, during setup, place two spy warriors, one each in two clearings of a matching suit. Then, once in daylight, first, place two spy warriors among any clearings with enemy pieces. Then second, you have two options. Battle in each clearing with any spy warriors, or in one clearing with any spy warriors, the controller takes a random card from each enemy with faction pieces there. Ooh, now that's a <laughs> spicy meatball. <laughs> yeah, wow. Corvid Spies <laughs> is really good. Yeah. <laughs> also, really cute art. Um, 
hat tip to Kyle Farron for this art. It's a, a corvid warrior with these big round glasses and like a cute sweater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a cute sweater. Uh, that's a spy sweater. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, so a lot of times with these hirelings, it'll be like, do this or like kind of like a setup Recruit. move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like some kind of thing that's like whatever. But the choice between battling in each clearing with spy warriors, so you could... Uh, I, I got him here. There are six Corvid spies. So um, already on your first turn, you're going to be doing it in three clearings if you want, because it sets Jeez. up with one in like two, and then you place two in one, right? So you could do, and granted, it's it's tiny chip damage, but. Sam, it's the first step of one, the once in daylight is place two spy warriors among any clearings with enemy pieces. So you, so you can triple up. four clearings. Oh, you are so right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you could, you could do a lot of chip damage with this, which Kyle, I know you love tiny little battles. I do love tiny little battles. They are actually so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as much as I love tiny little soups. <laughs> no, I like a big soup. I like a tiny battle. <laughs> okay. Or you can steal cards, which is everyone's favorite thing that is so inaccessible in Root. It's locked behind a Vagabond ability, a Three Mouse Crafter, and then the Brigand, right? But here we get to steal, or I guess the Extortion with... Um, yeah, extortion. The big, the reason this is here. Exactly. Yeah, this is like a themed extortion. But yeah, the idea that you could do this each turn. Ooh. Yeah. And you could just get to place that warrior in a clearing that has the maximum number of faction presence there, and then immediately get three. Or and it depends on the number, the player count. But like you could potentially get a card from each of your opponents in one go, which is completely insane. Ugh. This one's and this good. is during daylight too. I mean, yeah. If you're a faction that crafts during daylight, why would you not just immediately do this on your yeah during your daylight step? <laughs> yeah, so good. Okay, well, who is it good for specifically? Obviously, let's talk about the card factions here. They're gonna yeah. love that. Lizards. You know about the uh, lizard cult? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you can tell, <laughs> it's always the first faction. In daylight, <laughs> in daylight, you get up to like three cards. Oh my gosh! Give it to me. Give me, I've been thinking about this lately. Like, wouldn't it be fun to like play a game of root where you draft a hireling that you get the whole game? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just a game of like broken root, right? Um, and this would be a very tempting one to choose. All right. So lizards, otters, badgers, and moles are going to love Definitely. that steal a card thing. Yeah. Um, and lizards are going to love the ability to do battles at all. And, of course, the Woodland Alliance would love this ability because yeah. you can mobilize all those cards you get or train. Yeah. Yeah. You just, like, sap card wealth from your enemies and mm -hmm. then turn it into your engine as the yes. Alliance. You can also potentially clear out threats to your wayward sympathy and suddenly yes. they're free again, it, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're, the Woodland Alliance is already sapping the card wealth of the table. Right. That's true. With yes. this, they are just like making they're just bringing them to poverty. Right. Like you're going to be getting by on like warlord hands for the rest of the game. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but also, who does this help counter? Well, how about those factions that care about cards? Lizards, otters, badgers, moles. <laughs> I wrote vagabond. Yeah, I think that's just because this can pop up in a clearing with the vagabond and just punch him. Yeah. And anytime that you can get free battles against the Vagabond for nothing, 
Yeah. That's pretty helpful. Yeah. It's pretty crazy that you fight in all of the clearings that yes. have warriors, right? It's incredibly impressive. You not only get to bop the... You're just always going to bop the Vagabond in addition to the other X clearings that you're going to bop. And like, I think we should spare a thought for the... Um, the good old Lord of the Hundreds here. I think the Lord of the Hundreds is really helped a lot by yes. the Corvid Spies, both in terms of you can get cards, but also you can place these uh, Corvid Warriors in your back line and use the multi-battle option to kind of clear this, the way for your oppression. I think I think this could really help. Yeah, they clear all of your oppression for you, and if that's already done, then your zero card hand traditionally <laughs> suddenly has some more cards. Yeah, right? you could build a stronghold. <laughs> you you do have one card, and so they will steal a hundred percent of your hand. It's happened to me before. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> you're like, oh great, I get to build, and you're like, nope. <laughs> Oh, great. I have the item I need to craft to improve my horde. Nope. It's taken away. Um, yeah. It's bad. Okay. Well, should you rush to get this? I think, yeah. It's this hard. one seems worth it. This one seems very worth it. Well, I mean, it. It, the abilities are great, but obviously we're all imagining everyone's in one clearing and then I steal a card from everyone at the table. But that's not going to happen on your second turn, most likely. There's not going to be that one clearing where everyone is. Right, but if you're getting two out of this, that's debatable. But if you're getting four battles out of it, Sam, on <laughs> yeah. your first turn... <laughs> I mean, even if that's it is crazy. for one damage, it, it's just awesome. plunk, 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 plunk. Like also, that is... think about how many ambushes this just might draw out of somebody's hand. Yeah. Out oh, of desperation, yeah. you mean? Yeah, or just like... Oh, oh, you're really going to knock me down. Yeah. I can't. I yeah. can't. I'll use yeah. the ambush on this one warrior or yeah. two yeah. warriors. You There's know? two warriors in my sawmill clearing and they're going to like yep. make this undefended cardboard. Like I have yeah. to ambush. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is excellent. I think I think rushing for it is definitely yeah. like we always have to weigh the the factor of when you rush for it, you hold it for a finite amount of time and then you have to give it away. Yeah. That's one the, or two turns. That's the catch 22 of rushing. I actually but like, I don't know. No, I, I, I'm convinced now because you place those two spies, one in each clearing at the beginning of the game. Right. Before everyone sets up. Right. That's true. You know where they're at. Prior. So so if you get them first, then you get to use them ba to battle as chip damage. You get to do the four or three battles in one turn. But after yes. that, most likely those warriors have died. And then whoever gets it next has to place two. And they might get two battles with one damage each or one battle with two. But or, or maybe there's cards. one of yours left over. Or, or the cards. cards yeah. that they pull from someone else I know. who doesn't get the cards anymore. Yeah, especially See, what's like crazy moles? about you get the cards, oh, they lose yeah. the cards. I would just take Mole's cards. It's, it's not drawing. It's stealing. Yes. Like, there's a double benefit to yeah. that. Yeah, that's a zero-sum uh, card advantage to go for. Yeah, I, so maybe the ideal way to, to get a start with the Corvid Spies would be to rush for them. Use that first turn to do some battling to protect your yourself. You're from, you know, you're using a greedy strategy to score points instead of, you know, doing more responsible things with your faction. Uh, but then that second turn, draw cards from people. You know, if you're the kind of faction that needs um, to get your engine online, if you've like stepped away from that to score some fast points, well, this will help to charge that back up. So I think that this is has a really high reward for those factions that want to go out of their way to rush for it. If you've rushed for it and taken it and then battled and then stole people's cards, 
you'd better be ready to table talk because <laughs> the rest of the game you are going to be a pariah. <laughs> <laughs> you you are the villain yeah, for sure. That's pretty bad. I mean, you do have to get lucky to get it twice, but even just one time it's, four it's tiny doable. battles or stealing a couple cards. So there's probably a clearing with at least two people, so just get ready. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Card interactions. Obviously, we got stand and deliver. You know, how sweet would it be to steal even more cards <laughs> in a single turn? Um, and then uh, coffin makers, right? We are going to do a ton of little battles here. Yep. If we're talking this about help charge up coffin four makers. little battles, like definitely on average, that's getting you at least one point in coffin makers. Oh, yeah. I can see this teaming up with informants as well. If you're using this to draw a bunch of cards from your opponent's oh. hands, why not also grab an ambush from the, the discard pile? Yeah, that's a good Especially point. for when you've drawn the ire of the whole table. <laughs> yeah. You know? And maybe also forced out an ambush on that earlier turn. Yeah. Get an ambush for when they have Corvid spies and they start peppering your back line with a bunch of, <laughs> you know, battles. Yeah, for and sure. In addition, I think to a lesser extent, a swap meet could pair really nicely with this card. I thought about Because you can yeah. swap meet first uh kind of grab a random card from somebody see if it's worth it and then pick somebody else to target or you know if you like there if you, you like go. what's going on you can keep sapping their strength mm -hmm. i just think that in terms of card advantage there's there's one way to play the corvette spice where you're only caring about um just like draining your <laughs> opponent's hands and i think that's like maybe as good as the little battles <laughs> Depends on the board state. So we're not going to mention code breakers here, guys? Come on. Ooh. Like, Jake, you good can call. see what you're yeah. getting. Yeah, you that can look at nice. someone's hand and then decide if you're going to steal from them. Is <laughs> I mean, it's still a random card, but, I mean, you know what what they got, you know? If it's the rats, it's not random. It's this one card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need to look ahead of time for that. <laughs> well, you might be like, am I choosing the what rats? What you got? <laughs> what's my 100% chance of getting? Yeah. Well, that's what's fun about swap meet is it's essentially code breakers for the rats. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Any other card interactions we can think of? I mean, better Bureau Bank will make you like maybe shed heat afterwards. <laughs> like, look, I took a card. Why don't you take another one? Oh, yeah, that's good. And I will also take another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Don't Maybe don't mention that. Just Also, just mention the gift and then quietly draw a card. Well, is it a gift if you stole from them and then you that's just what give I'm them saying a is, random It's an apology gift. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a balloon that you give them that says, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I stole your sweater. Um, here's a scarf. <laughs> That's what it is. At least I hope it is. I don't know. I haven't opened I it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One other card is False Orders. I don't know if you guys know what this does, but it can move warriors into a clearing. Now, if you're already doing something with False Orders, it's a good combo with it. I don't think there's a reason to False Orders just to combo this, but you can put three people in a clearing if you wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you so can you make can those tiny choose. battles a little bit more toothy, yeah, maybe. I, I don't think False Orders is super relevant here, but I'm just saying if you wanted to maximize a card steal at the for end the card game. Stealing, for like I a, could see it being Especially useful. for like an end game push that you guys might need a ton of cards for. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we got um, Corvid Spies, we got Eerie Emigre, we're the Warlord, and we're Relentless. We're doing like 12 <laughs> battles this turn, <laughs> right? Um, speaking of like theory crafting, I got special teams here, okay? A player with Corvid Spies, the Brigand, which is the Vagabond Hireling, 
and in and stand and deliver can steal three cards from one player on a given turn. <laughs> and if they're the thief, they can make it four. I thought about that, but the thief can't craft stand and deliver at least ah, pre errata. You're right. You're right. I nice had it. Catch. I literally had a whole thing where it's like, once we errata stand and deliver, and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, we could do this with the brigand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Cool. Uh, overall score, gents, what do we think of this one? Yeah, I'm going to give this one um, two out of two uh, cute sweaters. <laughs> I'm going to give this one five out of three cards I just stole from you. <laughs> Jake zero looks out like of you zero cards the that. Warlord has left. I'll <laughs> uh, awesome. give this four free battles out of uh, three possible free battles. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Man, that's going to be a, a tough hireling to beat, guys. Yeah, especially given the demoted side. I don't want to tip our hat here to the Wimmies, who ultimately decide. Who yeah, have their oh, own yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. And we will do a recap where we strongly influence what they should vote for. But <laughs> I will say there's a, there's plenty of contrarians and, and independent thinkers, so we'll see. Oh, yeah. Uh, last one. Yep. Furious Protector, Jake. During setup, place the Protector Pawn in any clearing. Then, as an ability, the protector cannot be battled or removed. Enemies cannot place pieces in its clearing. Yes. Then, at the start of Birdsong, first, you must move the protector, ignoring rule, of course. And then second, you must remove one faction warrior of each player, even you, in the protector's clearing. Do not remove hirelings, however. So Whoa. this guy comes in with his two-handed sword and beheads one person from every faction in every clearing. <laughs> Is that correct? The tallest one. The tallest guy. <laughs> He's just so big that he just accidentally steps on one. <laughs> also, if we're talking about Kyle Farron art, this might be my favorite piece of root art from the Marauder expansion. Oh, my God. This one is legendary. Okay, so, so let's, let's describe this. Yeah, same. you do it, Kyle. You're better at that. So we have a gigantic frowning elk with a big rack of antlers that's just glaring down all right he's got on this like gold and orange kind of cloak with a nice oak leaf um insignia on it and he's holding a, a like a broad sword point down he's just like standing kind of at attention and looking down at this teeny tiny little mouse with a teeny tiny dagger who's got a big grimace and angry eyes and he's just running straight at the protector who's completely unruffled. <laughs> it's just clearly going to like flick this mouse away as soon as it gets close enough. The mouse is like a third the size of the sword. <laughs> it's so yeah. tiny. It's amazing. Yeah, you it's have really to be funny. clear that the the mouse's sword isn't tiny. It's a broadsword, but in mouse proportions. <laughs> oh, that's I don't it. Know. You're it totally looks right. like a mouse dagger. It looks even tinier. He looks so angry too. You know the mouse and mouse partisans that's inside the the like barrel yeah. and it's got like it's a him. knife clutched in its teeth. I think it's that mouse that's going after the, the protector. <laughs> I wonder if Kyle Farron's got a name for that guy. <laughs> He's really cute. Uh, all right. Well, who is now? I will say about this one. Who is it good for versus who does it counter? This to me is the hireling where it's way more about countering other factions than it is about boosting a faction. Um, my first thought about who it's good for is the Vagabond, considering the Vagabond doesn't have warriors. So that part where it removes oh one of you, gosh. like, doesn't matter. Also, we talked about how 
the protector and the vagabond. The vagabond can always like run to the protector, and then enemies can't place pieces in its clearing. However, unlike the demoted side of the protector, this furious protector actually doesn't protect anything other than like sympathy from going down or a mob to spread. It only prevents pieces from being placed. No, Protector's just his last name. <laughs> My name's John Protector. <laughs> I kill people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he's a protector of anything. I guess the forest is what the maybe mm. the the thing is here. It's because the other one doesn't allow fighting. This one just doesn't allow people to fight here because he beheads them. He does allow people to fight there. That's true. Yeah. It's That's just that everyone's a little bit weaker. Yeah. He just likes to battle first. Yeah. He's, he's like the equalizer, right? Yes. Mm. Yes. He's a he's tough but fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so it's good for the Vagabond for that. Uh, it's good for the moles. Is it? Why? Yeah, I guess Why did so. I put I, that? I, no, Why well, did you here's who I think it's good for. It's good for any faction that has plenty of warriors and no problem getting them out. Yeah. It's terrible for factions that have a thin number of warriors because everyone counts more. And so when you lose one for nothing and you can't place any pieces in that clearing anymore, uh, things can get a little dicey. I'm thinking of like the Woodland Alliance, for example. Yes. Because usually they just got the one warrior guarding the sympathy. Yes. Or the no warrior guarding the sympathy. Right, exactly. But And they right. can't place sympathy in the clearing with the Furious Protector, so you can use it as a kind of traveling like intense martial law right yeah definitely to me the number one counter is the woodland alliance because of the low warrior count like you just move the protector onto the base and then it's like oh that base that was guarded by three is now guarded by two and that's a huge difference for the woodland alliance big difference yeah and similar for the for the corvid conspiracy as well you yeah. know if there's a plot being guarded by oh. a single corvid warrior then this is going to just make life that much harder mm -hmm. for them or like, you know, Corvid, sometimes they have to set up turns ahead. So you go to a clearing with two Corvid warriors, you remove one, and now they can't even plot there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. That's, that's brutal. Very disruptive. Uh, who else is it good for, though? Uh, I would say maybe the cats. This would be kind of nice for. What is... <laughs> enemy pieces can't... Or enemies can't place pieces in the clearing. Uh, all I'm thinking of is it prevents sympathy, like plots and like lizards right tunnels too it's like a, it prevents Ooh, a dig okay so yeah, yeah. that's the protector portion of it i think is like they can't put a bomb in there you know yeah. he's the keep with a, a uncontrollable sword and uh, enemies can't place pieces <laughs> which means that your sawmills would still generate wood you still can and i think that's like what i was thinking when i wrote cats is because they're the they're the police you might not like, if you don't mind paying the tax if you got six cats in there already. Like, if it clears one out of everybody that's invading. Or, conversely, if you move them out away from your front line, which I think is more important where people are amassing, you can you can stop the advancement of sympathy in your direction. It does, it does hurt badgers, you know, because badgers' margins are thin. Yeah, it just really, it feels like it takes the wind out of a uh, building attack sometimes. Right, like Does it just it, goes in and takes out warriors of your opponents. I guess in yourself too. I'm, just one. I know I, it seems small, but it can make a difference in a game of root because you can't be everywhere at all times. And so, I just want to be. I just want my opinion to be consistent. If I sure. was like lukewarm on three warriors doing a battle, I feel like I gotta be less warm 
on one warrior from each faction. Because, like, it does equal everything out, kind of, right? Yeah. I know the margins it, are better. Like, it's it's a bigger deal to go from two to one or whatever. But, like, it if it had the demoted side where it protected, like, people can't battle you in that clearing, this is great. But it just prevents pieces from being placed there, which most of those pieces ha you have a turn anyway, and you got to move this guy. So I don't know. You, you're right. It's not. It's not as crazy as like they can't move into there. It's, right, it's right. essentially a keep right with a cannon. Yeah. That also hits your guys. <laughs> yeah. It also hurts you. And I know. You can't field hospital. Yeah. It, I don't it, know. But that's that's the but that's the benefit or that's the sorry that's the cost. Of being able to hit three other factions at once, I know that. Whatever, it's 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 not like I guess the same as getting able to deal three hits to someone who's a threat to you, but it's a guaranteed stripe stripping of three warriors. The question I have is like, what's the better ability: the blocking placement of pieces or the removal of the warriors? I feel like the it, removal way, of warriors. The, like, blocking the piece from being placed can be selectively like pretty effective because if you just put this in the warlords clearing that warlord is not recruiting now yeah that was my special teams is you can move into the warlords clearing and you you can't remove the warlord with the ability but you could remove one of his minions uh and yeah. then he won't recruit there yeah that is like I feel like the best use of the protector. Also you can prevent badgers from encamping or decamping. Yeah, that's huge. Right. And whatever suit you place it on, it's like the Corvids can't recruit one crow in that suit. So it right. makes the recruit. Yeah. The less you effective. said the cats can't put down wood if they don't control them. Correct. Yeah, right. If you put it on a sawmill, mm -hmm. they don't get the wood. So yeah, I kind of think that the placement of pieces denial is you know specifically very good yeah more effective but really mm -hmm. the the trick with this one is just like put it in your opponent's side of the board and just like let it be annoying over there mm -hmm. <laughs> continue to live your life as though this guy doesn't exist yeah i know i feel like the best case scenario is you never come across this guy <laughs> he's, he's not protecting you at all like i don't no, know no. again he's john protector he's lost his identity He's an agent of chaos that you can't control too because he hits everybody. So he might dilute the policing force that you need later in the game, right? So if like he's wandering in the clearing far from you, which you're fine with, but then he hits the one uh, bird warrior that was in the clearing that could have dealt with the lizards that were about to like start up there. Yeah, I, I do think that it in the type of game where it goes long and everyone's grinding each other down mm -hmm. and the margins get really thin in the end game, this guy could make a huge difference. Yeah. I think in most game states that are like early middle game kind of states, this guy is going to have a very limited impact. Yeah. It, I mean, it just depends on where, where he's at, but I think it's, it's a cool ability, but it's pretty narrow, pretty narrow ability. So it's sounding like you're saying don't rush to get it. I don't think we should rush to get the Furious Protector. I'm going to throw my game off the rails here. I want to make sure that nobody places a piece in one clearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just it's not enough of a return yeah. on, on that kind of investment. Because you also don't protect your stuff with it. Yeah. Um, to kind of contrast with Corvid Spies, if you rush it, you know, you get some battles back to kind of protect your stuff if you've, you know, built some buildings or whatever. And same with Sunward Expansion. You have the ability to kind of reinforce, get a few, get get ahead of the game again by rushing for it. Whereas again. Furious Protector, I don't know. Also, where did he start? 
like he he's only in one spot, right? So you are rushing for him is really dependent upon where he is because he must first move before you do this. So right. he he can't be in the place where he is <laughs> before he does his action. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't have any effect. Except for a warlord. Except for you can't place pieces there. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. While he's there, you can't okay. place pieces there. Okay. If you're fourth player and you're setting up the hireling. Mm, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can choose a clearing where the keep does not go. Right. Yes. Where people choose... don't set up. Yes. Where people Which is don't set up. Because they can't place warriors. They can't place pieces there. This is not yeah, about you should... should you rush for it. This is before no. the game starts. If you're yes. fourth player. You should player. rush to set up. <laughs> just uh sit acro across from the person who owns the game and you'll be fourth player right? <laughs> uh yeah okay so yeah there's some considerations upon setup there because that is actually pretty interesting you do deny someone a setup clearing well yeah, you also know that in the rushing context where it will potentially be when you get it it won't be in that space it will be one space away <laughs> Wouldn't this prevent enemy pieces from being placed, not just the keep, but like warriors and stuff as yeah, well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it a non-setup spot. Exactly. You deny a whole clearing upon setup. So if you're like the duchy and you're setting up and you have to be next to this guy, like that's kind of a little bit annoying because you're not going to be able to sway Brigadier on your first turn potentially. Yes, possibly. Though all those factions like lizards and moles where it's like, here's five warriors, put them among adjacent clearings or whatever. You could like right. stack them if you go between two clearings and one of them you can't even place pieces in. Then you put them all in the other one. That's a good point. That's a If good you're point. willing to burn a move, you can still move into it. Very clearing. true, very true. But you're going to lose that warrior. Next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> no, you're not going to lose no. the warrior. No. You, oh, correct. He will move it's... out of there. Probably into your tunnel. <laughs> yeah, you're going to move you into your other clearing. They're going to hit moles first, let's be honest. But let's think about this, though. Wouldn't it be the case, though, that the Furious Protector would just stay put until it's actually hired? Yes. 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 That's what it I'm saying. But at first, but the first step in in at the top of daylight is move him. Right. True, once it's hired. Right. Yes, right, right. yeah, yeah. So he won't ever swing that clearing first will in this be safe. Place. The adjacent sure. clearings are going to be the problem. Everybody yeah. get really close to him. He's going to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really weird. <laughs> really weird, this one. Okay, um, some card interactions. Uh, first of all, Coffin Makers is actually pretty Think good here. This is great. I'm going to be removing a lot of warriors, so that one works great. Um, also, I thought Propaganda Bureau. Oh, that's a fun one. Right? If that's if we cool. remove one from everybody and then I remove an extra for you and place one of mine, all of a sudden the margins got thinner and that ability gets even better. That's really taking advantage of that kind of zero sum yeah. uh, kind of situation there. Yeah. Cool. Oh, one last thing with the rats is you can move into the Warlord's Clearing. Okay? That prevents, that removes one of the rat warriors, prevents them from recruiting, and prevents them from inciting. Yes. Oh, and oh, also, yeah. they'll never be able to score in a press right. uh, point for that clearing because Dear of the God. presence of the Furious Protector. Just a hard counter to <laughs> the Lord of the Hundreds. Uh, the hirelings really have it out for that faction. Yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense, right? They're like, people are like, I'm for hire. Um, there's a warlord, and I don't like him. <laughs> Uh, not going to help him I... oppress clearings. <laughs> That's what I'm... Oh, yeah. Actually, Oof. they do, though. No, they don't. No. They don't distract... If they are owned by the Lord of the Hundreds, they don't distract from the oppress. I mean, this could be a real problem with oppression because he could slice off your one guy you had there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... 
Yeah, that's some right. of those rat clearings get a little thin sometimes when you're like, all right, I got to get five here. <laughs> okay, I thought of another specialty, and this isn't that special, but if you're the scoundrel, whatever clearing the Furious Protector is in, you can't blow it up. Right. Because you need to place, place the your torch right. uh, token on that clearing in order to use your ability. Scorched Earth. For a score, what are we, what are we giving the Furious Protector? Um, I'm going to give this one... 50 out of 65 uh, chainmail links. <laughs> I'm going to give this one out of one of my own guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give this uh, two out of 17. Uh, actually, you can't place a piece there. Um, two <laughs> sure. out of 17. Of those. Uh, I actually think this might be the weakest half of the hireling in this group. Yeah, the protector really stumbled in the second half of this yeah, game. Yeah, I think the demoted side is better than the promoted side. For the Absolutely, period. yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. All right, so closing thoughts. Let's go over how we combine these two things. Um, let's just kind of go over card by card what it would be, okay? So Absolutely, yeah. For the moles, you got mole artisans. Just a quick recap. That's like when you craft a card with an item, you don't have to discard the card. You get it back in your hand. Um, and you can end your turn with six or more cards, okay? And then you pair that with uh, the expedition, right? The cheeseburger, where you're placing the foothold tokens, three warriors, and doing a battle, or you can recruit more guys. You're probably never going to do that, okay? That's pretty solid. I think that's a very reasonable shot for top of this group. Yeah, I really love the demoted side, and like I said, the promoted side is is really useful it's always going to be useful we talked about it's all these good. moments where the protector could do something uh always just doing a hit wherever you want is good yeah and this one was one we were like should you rush for it maybe yeah maybe uh compare that with raven sentries okay the demoted side uh in battle you deal an extra hit if that clearing has your buildings or tokens yeah sort of um embedded agents Right, kind of but as can a be used on offense, as we talked about, which is very cool. And very then spiky, love that. The Corvid spies, where we're putting out the spies, we can do battles in each clearing with a spy, or we can steal a card from each player in one clearing with a Corvid spy. Yeah, this one is crazy good, I would say. And to me, in the second half, a Corvid spies really had a good showing. Yeah, and the first half, I they. Came out of that with gold uh, gold medal, right? I yes. think so, yeah. Leading yeah. the group. Yeah, Woof, I, and yeah, I felt like they just got further ahead in the second <laughs> yeah, half. Yeah, I kind of feel like they got gold in both halves here. Um, <laughs> that's how uh, soccer matches work, right? You get medals <laughs> in each so. half. You get, yeah, multiple golds. Yeah, yeah I have to yeah. watch uh, sometime. They, are, they could just do so much in so many places. It's so crazy. And it's just like whatever's going to benefit you most you should do you know if it's stealing cards from your opponents or if it's doing some chip damage i think like both of those are incredibly useful and it's like this is actually an either or that you might struggle to decide between which mm -hmm. is really cool all right and then the protector the stoic protector the demoted side is uh enemies can't battle or remove your faction pieces where at the protector in that clearing um and then you have to move them every turn uh, and then the promoted side is you move him, ignoring rule, and then you remove one faction warrior from each player. Also, enemies cannot place pieces at the uh, clearing with the protector. So, so that one happened. 
John yeah. Protector. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this pairing is also like a strong option, but it feels like it's compared to the mobility of the other two, like the the pres yeah. the sheer presence of the other two, it feels like oh, one clearing at a time, things are going to be st- either stagnant or bloody. Yeah. Yeah, I like the impact that this hireling has on the board. I think it's very fun. I think it's a cool ability, and I think it does something nice for the game, right? There's like one clearing where things are like a little weird and that kind of thing migrates around. It's like a force of nature, right? I I think that's a cool thematic kind of thing. Uh, But I just in terms of the strength of the abilities, I think it's a little bit underpowered compared to the other ones in this category. All right. So we've said our piece over three hours of peace about these particular hirelings. Uh, But we want to hear what y'all have to say. You will choose which hireling moves on to the final. Are we going to give them all three choices or are we going to limit it to them to two? Because I don't know. I feel like we kind of... If the listeners want to troll us and put the protector in the final, they're going to find (laughs) out that their troll choice doesn't fare very well in the final. I think that we can leave it up to them. I trust them to make the best choice. It's the crows. And I know that they will. Okay. Absolutely. Um, We we should spare a thought, though, for the grabbability of these meeples. I do think the protector has a great meeple. I was, I w- I'm glad you said that, Kyle, because there's one way where the protector is clearly the best, and that is that it is the best meeple. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> I do like the crow's goggles. Um, the yeah, the most with the helmets are fine. The art for the crows is pretty cool. Yes, the art on the cards is very good. But in terms of just meepability, I do have to give this to the protector. <laughs> it's really awesome, yeah. It's also big, which I love. Yes. Look at it. Wow. That's <laughs> like, so cute. It's also it. kind of gold, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. All the other pink hirelings are pink. This one is yeah. just deer colored. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, folks? I think we did it. So I'll put a thread in the Woodland War Machine channel of the Good Time Society Discord uh, a day or when this goes up, it'll be available. And then a couple days after, after they've had some deliberation to all agree that the Corvids are the best, they'll go <laughs> ahead and vote. Yeah. Yeah. This one feels like a formality, but you know what? We decided that we were going to let the Wimmies choose uh, since group B. So I think we got to stick to that. I, honestly, I trust you all out there. I trust you all to come up with the best choice here. Yeah. Hey, friends, future Jake here. You know, we do trust you all. So we're going to let you decide between any of the three. And we're not going to be disappointed if you don't choose the crows. I think upon further reflection that we undersold the protector a little bit, especially given that it stops all recruiting for all factions in that clearing. You know, it doesn't matter if it's just the crows or the specialty with the warlord. If in the case of a one roost eerie, it's going to turmoil them on recruit the worst way to turmoil. So in the spirit of fairness, when you come join the Woodland War Machine channel and I start a new thread, you can vote for any of the three. And we do have one more group left before the finals. That is going to be group D which is going to have the Woodland Band, the Rats, and the Keepers. Yes. I'm so excited for this group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So for all of you out there, go ahead and check out the Winter Tournament. Put it on in the background while you do your regular work. It's super fun to check in on because we are so lucky this February to be overwhelmed with the amount of...
and then we end the episode. <laughs> we all simultaneously fell off a cliff just yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it seems like um, I am wanted for questioning in regards to a missing editing Jake, it seems like. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. No, are, no, the no. Si- are the sirens outside like... <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work.